recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on March 16th, 2016 to hit the internets on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Get those snakes out of here. Barry White, tell us how stuff. Don't bother the snakes. Yeah. Leave Remember all he the snakes right. alone. Leave them alone. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah, you're, he helped the Simpsons, and uh, everything was happening in Springfield. So uh, wherever you are, I hope it's good. So if you haven't listened to the show, or if you have, remember you can always listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, and follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. So today is the Thursday talk where we have a sports media guest, and you know what? I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna say this to him. I haven't done the actual the, the recording yet, but he kind of is a sports media guest. That is the man who brings us the laughter. That is at Audio Mongo. And if you are a Mike Francesa fan or WFAN fan or even just, I mean, you're, you're going to be a fan if you follow him. But still, he's become a, a, a creative, funny, leading force on Twitter. He's going to laugh when he hears this for the first time. But uh, just a genuine guy uh, who's very interesting. Um, uh, makes me laugh every day on Twitter. So, um, uh, enough of me just going on and on. So let's let's get to meet the man be, behind behind Twitter, behind Audio Mongo. So normally I have a sports media guest on every Thursday, and you know he may laugh at this, but is he he might be a sports media guest, and that that is. At Oreo Mongo. Oreo Mongo, welcome to the Red Ticket Blues podcast. Brian, welcome. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for coming on. Um, uh, I Thanks do... for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. Uh, no, I do appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's it's we finally get to, to, to meet the, the man behind, like I said in the opening that I already recorded that you didn't hear, um, the man behind the laughter. Um <laughs> He, I, I, I'm, I'm really happy you're here. I'm just rambling on here, but let's, let's get into this. Now you are just like a, you're, you're just like every other Mongo person in here and you had to start somewhere. Now everyone sort of has their story. I've said it several times on the podcast where I started listening and that was, uh, doing a job when I was a young kid, uh, doing something around the house and I had the radio on. I sort of just fell in love with Mike and the mad dog. Now, how did you get into listening to, to this, this duo? All right. So let me take you back to 1990. I was about seven years old. And uh, when I went to sleep, I would always just have the radio on as I went to sleep. And um, I think I think the Knicks were on or the Rangers were on. Some sports were on. And so I just stuck with that station. And, uh, and I just started listening to FAN. And my radio was on FAN basically for the rest of my life in that room uh, until I, until I moved out. Um, and then I obviously started listening to Mike and the Mad Dog cause they were on every afternoon. So I have been listening to the fan and to Mike and the Mad Dog since I was seven years old. Um, wow. and my progression, and this is a true story. True story. <laughs> I would act true story, true story. Uh, even back in the nineties, I was an audio Mongo and here's what I mean. I would actually record bits and pieces of the Mike and the Mad Dog show onto a cassette <laughs> from the radio whenever they did something like cool or something that was uh, you know out of the box for them. For example, in 96, when the Yankees were making their uh, World Series run, they would always do the Pink Cadillac uh, right. montage. I think I have every one of them recorded on a cassette somewhere in my parents' attic or basement or somewhere. It's, it's probably, you can't even read it anymore. But I would actually record those montages because I'm like, hey, maybe one day someone's going to want to hear those. And it's a little funny how that all came back into play. Uh, so, yeah, I've been listening since I was very young. And uh, my, my radio was always on the fan all the time. So that's how I became a big sports fan. That's crazy. Like you could you could take those out and just sort of release them every. I guess the quality probably wouldn't be that great, but just release those every week. A new a new jewel to the entire internet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. If I was if I was able ever able to find them, oh my gosh, I would I would go crazy. Like yeah, the quality probably sucks, and I, you know, 
I don't even. My I, I asked my parents about it once, and they're like, "You had a lot of crap. We just put it into a box and we put it somewhere." Um, if I ever do find it, absolutely, I, I will definitely release those those clips. Yeah, no, my my parents basically did the same thing. It's they got they bought a ton of plastic bins and threw all the shit in there and just said, "Yeah, that's your stuff right there." So. Um, <laughs> What was I going to say? So where are you from? Like, we don't need your address or anything like that. But you're from the New York City, New York City area, Tri-State area. Yes, I am. I'm actually upstate I'm, uh, in Rockland County is where I grew up. Um, I currently reside there. And I've been working in the city, in New York City, for almost a decade now. Um, but, yeah, I've always kind of been in the Tri-State area my entire life. Okay, very cool, very cool. So within distance of listening, obviously, uh, pre-internet on the radio to the WFAN. So um, the first I ever really heard or interacted with you was the the, the message board, the message board, which still exists, which was yeah. MikeFrancesa.com and now has morphed into the MikeFrancesa.com. Now, I was always confused about this, so, so please explain this to me. Were you an actual architect of the site? Or did you sort of join? I, I always I always forget this. Oh, uh, so uh, you mean the original board, MikeFrancesco.com? Right. No, I just, I was a lurker, and then I started, I, I joined. Here's a confession. See, I, uh, every, see everybody, <laughs> everyone's a lurker in the beginning. It's okay. <laughs> Even Audio Mongo's a lurker. Even, that is correct. And here, here's my story, and I have a confession. Um, my first job out of college was uh, working in Bergen County somewhere, and the the place my where my cubicle was, I I bought an AM FM radio, and I couldn't get FAN to work. And obviously, they, back then they didn't have an FM signal. So and this is a confession, Mongo confessions. <laughs> For almost a year and a half, I listened to the Michael K show while I was at my desk. All right, at work thanks for coming I, on, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you real soon. <laughs> See, that's a true story, and this is that you know when I first got out of college, and I actually hated the Michael K show, but it was it was sports, so I just right, right. I just I was it was whatever, um, and then uh, I you know I moved to a different position at the job, and I moved into an office, and in that office I was able to get FAN, and while I was listening to FAN, I don't know somehow I ended up googling Mike Francesa or. Mike and the Bad Dog, and it was there I found MikeFrancesa.com. I looked for a few months, ended up joining, and uh, yeah, and then that's how I became part of the board. I had nothing to do with the creation of that board at, at all. Okay, all right. I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I forget how I found out. That's interesting though, the Michael K thing, because uh, I think we—it's <laughs> pre-internet, pre-internet. We and you know, people also talk about it with television too. We sort of watched and you know, consumed what we could consume. Whatever was there was there. It wasn't right. The options weren't exactly. there. I think some younger people may listen to this and go, Oh God, really? You chose Michael K over Mike Francis. Well, you know, it wasn't, there weren't that many options. That's why so many. Right. And it, it, Good. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a choice. And, um, I don't, I mean, the internet streaming thing, we, I mean, our, our internet sucked at that job and they kind of shut down sites. So, uh, you know, this is back then. So any social networking sites from back then, which had been MySpace, Friendster, all those things were blocked. So I, you know, it wouldn't even have clicked in my head. Hey, why don't you try to stream this? I don't even know if they, you know, FAN stream stinks now. Imagine how it was uh, oh, back then. <laughs> it must have been someone like literally like riding a bicycle to create energy to like, <laughs> do the stream back then. Because yeah, I know now it's 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 barely functional in the first place. Uh, yeah. But I mean, like like we we're saying, now, back then we consume what we could consume. That's why there's so many crappy television shows that we look back on and say, "Oh, that was one of the number one shows of all time." Yeah, there were like three channels. Like th there was nothing else to <laughs> exactly. watch. Exactly, there was uh, nothing on TV. Exactly, I only had like twelve channels. So. Yeah, so so somebody's gonna be looking real good, even like the religious channel on like ch channel twelve. I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna get a lot of ratings. Um, so. Now, I I also was on the board uh, many times, a lurker, just sort of. Lurking, I guess it's a terrible segue. Um, lurking and lurking, but uh, you know, contributing sometimes. But um, what happened was Twitter sort of happened. Is is exactly what happened. And did did you? I'm, I don't want to get into the, the politics of it and everything, but it 
did you see a new world? This is so ridiculous that I'm phrasing this question about Mike Francesa fandom. Um, did you see a new world of, you know, interaction about Mike when Twitter came out as opposed to, uh, you know, what the board had stood for? The sea was angry that day, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, absolutely not. I, I, um, you know, we made the whole migration over to the MikeFrancesa.com. There was like two people left at MikeFrancesa.com, the original board. Um, and I think there's still about two people left, left on that board. Um, the rest of us all moved to this new site, which, you know, we kind of built. And, you know, as we went, we added new things to the site and we had a nice little community. And then Twitter kind of took off in terms of its popularity and everyone had their own personal Twitter account. Um, and then Jared, WFN Trades, created a WFN Trades account just to track the stupid trade offers. That, yeah, that's all it, it was in the beginning. It was just people sending trades at him from, you know, moronic trades of you know, Felix right, Hernandez right. or a minor leaguer, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, whatever back then, you know, uh, I don't even know who was on the Knicks back then, but something, you know, crazy for LeBron James. Right. You know, um, and that's how it started. And then, you know, I had said, you know, why don't, why don't we create a WFN audio and we'll just post, literally post just the link um, to audio clips because, you know, like a Mongo, I actually would still record the show as I followed it on the board, you know, on the daily threads on the board. And anytime something good happened, I'd be like, okay, let me go record that or go back and record it since I was on this on the stream at that point and on a delay and uh, we were like yeah sure and that's how those Twitter accounts were created and we had no idea what that would lead to yeah there it, it's funny because uh, I know like you said you, you you recorded so many at your parents but obviously you recorded so many over the stream too and it and I know there there are websites um, where you can find some of the some of the clips, but there are some that you personally have, and every once in a while you'll drop one that hasn't been heard in years. So I could just imagine the library of clips. The if I could, you know, a hundred years from now, when <laughs> someone finds my Dropbox account, I, I've said this before. When someone finds my account, they are just going to be amazed, shocked, embarrassed, disappointed. And they're going to be every emotion possible at what they find in my Dropbox from there's certain clips in there that I record that I don't even know why I recorded it or why I even have them. And it's, in, and it's sitting there taking up, you know, space in my Dropbox account. Seriously, you've clogged the internet probably with all of the crap you have in there. Uh, what I was going to, sort of a uh, segue here, obviously it was, I mean, you were WFAN audio. You, you started gaining some, you know, some legitimate little internet fame with these with these clips via YouTube, via YouTube to Twitter, whatever it may be. People were listening to them. And then CBS sort of got involved. So what what exactly happened when uh, CBS said, hi, I, I'm CBS. We need to talk. So, so I used to record uh, clips of the show as people on the message board where we used to be on the daily threads. And the daily threads are essentially what? I, I like to view it as my Twitter timeline looks now during Mike's show. If something funny is happening or something, you know, crazy, Mike is saying something stupid, Mike is saying something hilarious or whatever it is, it'll just be this constant feed of, can you guys believe this? I can't believe he's saying it. So I would always go back and just make sure I would save that clip. And then I would post it on the board for, you know, 50, 60 of us that are on that board at that time um, to enjoy. So as I'm kind of, moved over to WFN audio and it wasn't really a move over. I was also just on it. Um, I would post the clips and realize some of those clips started to go viral or in my eyes, viral meaning dead spin or awful announcing, or some of these blog sites would, would pick up on it and, and, and repost it. And then I said, okay, <laughs> what happened was Dropbox put a limit on the amount of times a clip can be downloaded in a certain time. Mm. So these clips would be posted onto a blog site somewhere get a ton of traffic and then I'd get an email from Dropbox saying, Hey, too many people are accessing your link. And then, you know, and then I said, you know what, why don't we just upload them to YouTube? So I said, it's not a video. It's just, I put a generic picture of Mike or something and just upload the, the audio. And then I started having all of these clips being assembled essentially over 500 clips over maybe the most beautiful library I've ever seen. <laughs> 
over a three-year span or so. Now, everything is going fine. Um, the, the audio account started gaining traction because of that, and people would, you know, find a clip of Mike, and then, you know, we'd all have my Twitter t- hang, handle on it. So, I, you know, that's kind of how it gained some steam. Um, and then in April of 2014, out of nowhere, uh, I woke up and I had about, I want to say, 15 to 20 emails from YouTube saying they had taken down random clips. They had really had no rhyme or reason to the clips they chose, but uh, a number of clips that they took down because CBS had filed copyright infringement on them. And to this day, I don't know why they selected those those clips. I, I forgot the number, but it wasn't it wasn't the entire library. It was like a few of them. Um, in the grand scheme of things, maybe like 60 or 80 clips or something that they took down. They kept like 400 of them up. And they said, you know, you do this again, we'll, we'll can your account. And so I, I went on Twitter and I was like, guys, if you like getting audio clips, I'm not going to be recording it anymore. I'm not going to be posting anymore. And I stuck to that. It's been two years since I've even record. I've personally recorded anything off of FAN and posted it because I said, you know, I'm kind of just doing it for fun. I'm doing it for a small, at that time, and you know, even now, a, a pretty small group of people that actually like to hear clips like that, unless it's a, extremely funny, and then more people like to hear it. Um, you know, just as a, just as a hobby, just as something fun. I'm not trying to get into the business. I'm not trying to make money off of it. I'm not looking for a job at FAN. You know, I had no other play. I just, other than I'm just a fan, and this is something I did. So I said, fine, screw it. I won't. I won't do it anymore, and that was the last time I ever uploaded a uh, a new audio clip that I recorded onto the YouTube page. So you're two years clean, two years sober, uh, doing great. Two years sober, absolutely, yes. Uh, so when this happened, I mean, yeah, you got an email that said, do this again, and we'll, we'll can your account, or yada. Um, did you feel like, you know, a little like, oh, sh- what, what did I get involved in here? Am I, am I in trouble? Like, what's going on? Yes, the first thing, the first thing I I said was, oh, crap. Like, I'm like, what did I, you know, what am I doing? And then, so I made it very public on my little Twitter announcement that I'm not trying to make money. I never added any advertising to them, like, before the clip came on. You know, so I haven't made a penny or even looked to make a penny off these clips. They belong to FAN. They belong to CBS. They can do whatever they want to them, you know, which which is true. And so I said, I'm just, I'm just a fan. And so in the days and weeks after that, a number of newspapers and other sites wanted to talk to me and say, you know, what do you feel about this? And I kept telling them the same thing. You know, I was just helping the marketing of the show, even, you know, not that Mike or FAN needs any marketing help, but, you know, just people like to hear the other stuff other than just interviews. And since you can't go anywhere and download a podcast of the entire show, anywhere other than just the interviews or just maybe the opening monologue, if it's really good or about some big important topic, you know, it's like, it's as if somebody at CBS or FAN didn't know that, Hey, people like to hear the funny stuff too. It's not like they're turning off. They just like to hear it. It's, it's hilarious. Hey, you never guessed the idiot that called in and said this or the prankster. And, you know, of course I know that looks bad and so they don't want to publish a lot of this stuff, but it kind of gained traction. And for me personally, there's a lot of people that dislike Mike who listen to Mike every day and are loyal to it. And it's kind of, you know, open up, you know, their, their minds a little bit to say, we love to either hate on him, but we're still kind of, we, we like the show. And I think even the guys at FAN and even Mike to an extent with the whole Francesca stuff, I think he's kind of opened up to that too. He says, not everyone's going to be a fan, but it's not like they're changing the dial and listening to another station. When they easily could do that. It's it's a great point because it's almost like why wouldn't they want the exposure? And like you said, they don't need it. I mean, Mike's number one. He's he's told us several several times, and I think we get the point by now. Um, right. And it's just it just doesn't make any sense. Now I, I I can understand from a certain point where they don't want to glorify you know a, an idiot that calls up or whatever. But there is something funny, and it's it's I knew we were, obviously we we agreed on we were going to talk tonight. But you posted – you didn't post. Excuse me. Let me take that back. You 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 tweeted a link today that was from play it, play.it that was actually a call 
on Mike's show about a, a caller who didn't know Wichita State played last night. And they, yes. after years of you, do, you know, just doing this, them them shutting it down, now they're doing it. I thought that was insane <laughs> that this was only a few hours ago. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened. Yes, this, this, this has come full circle now. So um, there's other guys now that post audio clips. And uh, at the end of last year, um, RN's fun, fun house and my account with the other 400, uh, you know, clips that weren't removed by CBS, YouTube canned our, our account. So those, none of those clips exist on, uh, on YouTube anymore. As of, we call it the Christmas Eve massacre. It was on Christmas Eve. That, that all this happened. Yeah, I know, I, which was just amazing. Cause they canned my account after no activity. You know, I haven't posted anything in a year and a half, but whatever. Um, and so now, really recently, um, I've noticed that they've been posting more than just the interviews and just monologues. They've been posting callers who either argued with Mike, which was always the, you never wanted to show Mike in a bad light at all, and sometimes Mike is screaming and you don't want to show that, um, or stupid callers. And today, the caller was watching a replay of last night's game and commenting on the game he was watching, thinking it was happening right now. And even Mike laughed, even Mike laughed at him. And he wasn't trying to laugh at him, but he kind of, Mike was like, you know that happened last night, right? right, right. And, and, uh, and, and they were laughing, and obviously, you know, Twitter was like, oh, look at this idiot. And within like a half hour, it was posted like on, the, on FAN's official site, that call. And I'm saying... For years, that's all we ever wanted. We, we just wanted the ability to go back and say, listen to this idiot who called or listen to this hilarious segment. And it's kind of funny how they're now starting, just starting to do that. It's 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 seriously, revolutionary. Yeah, the re- just like the app, exactly. Right, 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 with their finger on the pulse. Um, yes, revolutionary. It's it's just so strange that they would they would do this after after years of just. You would think, listen, if this was like some mom and pop radio station down the street that didn't know how to how to you know use technology to their to their to their uh, you know benefit. Okay, that's one thing, but CBS, CBS marketing people who own basically radio in this country. They, they couldn't put these together when you were doing this stuff. And then they're like, yes, screw that guy. But 10 years from now, we'll, we'll try doing the same thing. I mean, it just unbelievable. And, and honestly, if they never stopped us, we'd still be doing it. And we're doing it for free. <laughs> we're, we're doing it for free. Now, sure, you want to, you know, say the content is coming from you and maybe the branding aspect of it. But when I listened to that clip today, there was no advertising on the, on the player. There was no advertising before or after. So it's not like they're monetizing it. They're just posting the audio, which is exactly what we were doing for free and okay with it. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just funny how it's finally coming to that point where they're like, Oh, they like more than just the, the stuff that nobody actually wants to hear again. I mean, who, who really listens to France? Who downloads the Francesa interviews? Like Anyone like there's some of the unless unless he's interviewing like a coach of, uh, you know, a college team like right now he's interviewing college coaches. If you went to that school or something, you have an attachment to that school, then I get it. Right. But like, you know, he interviews Joe Girardi like every week, you know, even, you know, unless I guess maybe the Eli Manning stuff because it's a player. Yeah, and it's I, I and football's so short the season. Maybe you'll get something in there, but usually Eli basically after any loss will just say, "Yeah, it was all on me, every single one." And, if they <laughs> right. and then like, Mike, yeah, and then Mike will say, "It's not all you, Eli." You know, um, <laughs> but I mean, does somebody really want? No offense, him, but somebody really want to hear Sweeney Murphy? Even Mike doesn't want to hear Sweeney no, Murphy. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny how it's come full circle with the audio stuff. But posting all this audio on Twitter now, you have to be on Twitter, and you are. And let, let, let's 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 go through this for a second. You have sixteen thousand two hundred plus followers. Does that sound absolutely absurd to you? That's sixteen thousand two hundred people with nothing better to do. As far oh, as Mike, I knew you were going to say that. I really <laughs> swear to God, I knew you were going to say that. I, I see. I haven't posted. Uh, you know, I get I retweet audio clips, I guess, that are really good or funny. But 
I'm not a, you know, I'm not posting my own stuff, so I really don't know why so many people would follow the account. Um, and then the rest of the, the account is just full of just my ramblings or my commentary on the game or the news or something, current event, and just trying to throw, you know, some low-level humor to it. And that's basically the entirety of the account as it is right now. But it's insane that it's grown to to that many people. I'm sure a good number of them are fake followers. I've never actually checked that. But uh, I know there's a bunch that I still interact with that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people at least that are real accounts that interact with the account, you know, if something's going on. It's insane. I, you know, it wasn't something that I was trying to grow or buy followers or and not, nothing like that because I really have nothing to gain from the account. It's still astonishing that that many people would follow the account. So you'll you'll know when you have tons of fake followers because then you'll be getting the inappropriate responses like uh, President Obama gets. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. I mean, I did get one account that was oh. an inappropriate an inappropriate account, but it was commenting on sports and Mike's show. <laughs> and so the story for any nobody that anybody that doesn't know, it was this account. <laughs> <laughs> called Asian Naked Girl or Asian Naked Girl. Don't look it up. Come on. Uh, Asian Naked Girl or something like that. And it was an account that if you actually looked at the account, it was just porn pictures and <laughs> and links to porn videos and stuff. And for a second, I thought someone had another account that they were running with this stuff and they were tweeting at me with their wrong account. So I think the first interaction I had from Asian Naked Girl was, you know, I, hey, buddy, I think you tweeted me from your wrong account with like a ha-ha whatever, thinking that guy screwed up. But they just kept interacting with me from this Asian naked girl <laughs> account, including things about like fantasy football, <laughs> Mike's Mike show. So if you go to that person's timeline, which you should never do at work, you go to that person's timeline, it's just naked picture, link to naked video, uh, X-rated stuff, X-rated stuff, and then like a tweet in Zonism speak. Or, or a tweet about responding to my fantasy football moanings that I did that day. Uh, it was it was absolutely amazing <laughs> that account. That is um, that's too funny because you said you said your you, you said your wife asked about that and you're just like hey, you know it's just a big fan of Mike. Yes, and I I was trying to explain why an Asian why I'm interacting with Asian naked girl. You know like. <laughs> and so uh, uh, we went our separate ways. That account doesn't follow me anymore because <laughs> I had a bad fantasy football day one, uh, a couple years ago, and I was bashing Cam Newton. This wasn't last year. It was a year before. I was like, I can't believe I started Cam Newton. And he responded, or I'm assuming it's a he. It could have been a she. That account responded to me and goes, hey, that's your own fault. And I was like, see ya, Asian naked girl. Yeah, and I, it's been real. <laughs> And I haven't interacted since. Uh, let's talk about some <laughs> other accounts other than Asian Naked Girls. Um, you actually have like legit sports media, you know, quote unquote celebrities following and commenting, uh, you know, on your on your tweets. What were you thinking when you first, you know, I mean, I believe Scott Van Pelt follows you, and and think people of that ilk. So when you hear them talking to you, it's got to be like. Uh, what 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 have I created here? It, it's it's surreal. Um, in the early day, in the early days, of, you know, a couple <laughs> years ago when, <laughs> a couple years ago when, you know, we you know after someone would get eliminated in, in a playoff game, we'd say, hey, imagine how the Mike Francis of that city would sound, and City Zone was born. So like, I think the first one we ever did was go figure when the bulls were eliminated from the playoffs and we did Chicago's on. So how the imaginary Mike Francis of, of Chicago would respond. And we used to do that. And I just retweet, you know, every, all the good ones. I used to just retweet everyone uh, and clog everybody's timeline for that night uh, with these cities on retweets or tweets. Um, and the first time I did it, I got a couple of like, <laughs> again, like you mentioned, these, you know, pretty established media members DMing me their personal cities on because they, they didn't actually want to tweet oh, it geez. out. Um, but they would see it on their feed and they, they would actually partake. And so they would DM me their personal cities on 
And that's how my interactions with a lot with a lot of these celebrities started. And they were hilarious, actually. And uh, that's the, the part of it that blows my mind because I'm not in the media. I have no connections to anything. Um, I, have, I have absolutely zero inside information about anything that happens, but uh, they interact with the, uh, the account uh, because they're either used to be fans of Francesa or they still kind of listen to it or they just enjoy the Mike Francesa humor because anyone that's ever listened to either Mike and the Mad Dog or Francesa or even FAN has always tried to joke about it or has joked about it in the past. So it kind of hits home for anyone who's heard that show. That's insane. I did. I I had no clue about the uh, the direct messages from people of their own cities on that were too <laughs> yeah, yeah. embarrassed, or maybe not embarrassed, but too. They just didn't want to be public with their cities on. So that's that's too funny. You mentioned the the first cities on. They were going to take a huge shift here because uh, we're all sports fans here. But I know you're a particularly large fan of the Chicago Bulls. I think we all were in the nineties. Uh, now, yes, are yes. you one of the dot? You're one of the the the, the fans from the championship years, I, I'm, I'm, I suppose. Right. You can blame that whole fandom on Jordan. Yes, I was a Jordan fan um, since I was six years old, Jordan, Pippen, the Bulls. Um, so obviously growing up was the best thing ever because they just kept winning or at least going to the playoffs every year. Um, and uh, so when Jordan retired in 93, that was like the worst thing ever. But when he came back, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Three more championships. Their last championship, uh, I was 15 years old, so still just a you know a young kid. I can tell you honestly, though, <clears throat> I have been a bigger fan of the Bulls in the last 18 years than I was in that first you know, nine years because I was just a teenager growing up and I liked Jordan. Uh, unfortunately, I stuck with that team after they broke up <laughs> and they became a god-awful team to the point where anytime they would play in New York or back then in New Jersey, when they came to play the Nets, I would go to see the Bulls play in person as often as I could uh, since, since 98, 99. I never saw Jordan play in person. Um, but, yeah, I'm a, a big, big Chicago Bulls fan, probably bigger now than I ever was before. You sound like Beningo with all your early success as a kid, and now you're, <laughs> bro, I got the tire tracks on my back to prove it. Uh, all the pain, bro. All the pain. <laughs> uh, so let's 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 talk about the Bulls a little bit. Uh, they're in the eighth spot in the playoffs right now in the the lowly East. They're one game over five hundred. Um, it's March. This will yeah March sixteenth. So do you think uh, do you do you see them in the playoffs next uh, next year this year? <laughs> um, I, well they're five. I think they're five hundred net. I mean. Uh, they got destroyed tonight. Oh, that's right. You know um, what? I looked at it but, before. They were losing by like 20 to Washington. Oh, okay, so. and I think they were up by like 16 at some, at some nice. point they, they, or something something crazy. I actually have no idea. The thing with the Bulls, um, and, I, and I made a joke about this last week, I don't actually know which team's doctors are worse, the Bulls or the Mets, because <laughs> – the Bulls doctors, and we know the whole Derrick Rose thing, and Derrick Rose is fragile, yes. But it's not just Derrick Rose. Anybody who gets hurt on that team, it becomes a life-or-death situation. Yeah. Like, the guy's on an IV, he's in the hospital, they need a, change, you know, they need a heart transplant. You know, something amazing is always happening, and it always starts off with, oh, they have a stomach flu. Yeah, they, they, might miss the next, <laughs> they might miss the next two games. Oh, they just sprained their ankle. And then... You know, three days later, the, you know, they're going to see Dr. James Andrews, you know, just in case they need to amputate the leg. You know, just like it's, it's incredible just how insane their injuries have been in the last couple of years. And it's unfortunate because that team, we always say, if they were healthy, you never know what would happen. But they were never, ever going to be healthy. You know, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. A lot, of, a lot of people blame that health on Tom Thibodeau. And, of course, he's fired. They now. do. He's sort of just – he's sort of floating around. He seems to – Whenever I hear him talk, he's 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 wherever I see him, he's at a different game or he's at somebody's practice. Uh, so, what do you think when he was fired? Was that a good thing, bad thing, or just sort of? Uh, is it really I, matter? I, I, the Bulls ownership, the Bulls front office, they suck. Uh, Gar Foreman, John Paxson, they need to go, and Jerry Reinsdorf. And this is what I'm about to say is is, is going to come off really stupid, but I hope you get what I mean. 
Jerry Reinsdorf has to thank God every day that Michael Jordan was drafted by that team because yeah. if Michael Jordan never came to the Bulls, they would still be without a title now. That's right. For a team that plays in a big market like Chicago, a big TV market, they play in the largest stadium in the NBA. They have, you know, if they're up to capacity every game, they're like 21. The United Center is a humongous stadium. It just goes like forever. Um, and they're usually sold out, you know, for most games, their seats are at least sold, their tickets are at least sold out. Um, for a team that is playing in a big market, Jerry Reinsdorf has manages that team as if it's like some small team in some Wichita, Kansas, like small town or, you know, some, you know, suburban town that doesn't have any money and nobody's going to go to the games. And it's amazing because he will do anything to save a dollar. If he can save a dollar by cutting somebody who is like vital to the fabric of the team, he'll just cut that person to save the dollar. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care. And also he doesn't spend in free agency uh, until it's too late. And what I mean is when he was ready to spend, he was ready to spend on Carmelo Anthony last summer. And of course, Carmelo was going to get more money from the Knicks. And so they, he turned them down. And so the one time the bulls are ready to spend money, they get turned down. And in the last 18 years, that's been with Tim Duncan in 2000, Tracy McGrady, and this time, uh, Carmelo Anthony. They just don't, they don't, they don't spend. And so they had to go a separate way from Tom Thibodeau because his, I always say to the Knicks fans, if Tom Thibodeau was the coach of the Knicks, they would win games, but Porzingis is going to play like 45 minutes a game and yeah. Carmelo Anthony's knees are going to go because as a fan, you want your team to play every game like it's game seven, but you can't have your coach coaching every game like it's game seven of, you know, of the playoffs. And he would, because he would go for the win no matter what, not that you would take the loss, but you got to build a bench. You've got to, you got to manage people's minutes, especially nowadays in the, in the NBA. That's the way it is. I know that's the way it, it it didn't used to be that way, and I know, you know, certain members of the Knicks media will always come out and say, hey, you know, you didn't see Jordan complaining about playing so many minutes or Pippen or whoever in the 90s, and I get it, but look at the teams that are successful. Look at how many minutes Steph Curry plays. He doesn't actually play so many minutes unless the game is tight, and he's still putting up great numbers, and he's going to be basically ready to go by the time the playoffs got there. Tom Thibodeau would overwork those players, they'd get hurt, and by the time the playoffs got there – they were spent, and that's why they would always lose. Carmelo, Carmelo would be would be shot within just a few days of Tom Thibodeau coaching him. It, it wouldn't even. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, you know a lot of the other Knicks because none of them play defense. I mean, I I don't know if they're playing yet or not, but I mean, you know, Sasha Vojevic and uh, Juan Calderon are going to be guarding the Warriors tonight. I mean, that's just that's just disgusting. Oh, okay. oh my God! It's going to oh, be brutal. Lord. It's going to be. You talk about massacres earlier. It's going to be a massacre tonight. Uh, which could a could actually end up being the East Coast St. Patrick's Day massacre. It's it's going to be rough. Um, so you talk about injuries uh, real quick here. Derrick Rose is he ever going to be the same again in your eyes? You you watch the Bulls, you know. No, he will not be the Derrick Rose that you used to know or he used to know. Until I mean, he has to get that in his head that he's not going to be um, that player anymore. Um, when you see him play, like especially this year, as opposed to the last couple of years when he's still been kind of working back, um, he's not coming off uh, an injury in the off season. So this year, when he's actually played, he looks really good. He looks really fast. Um, he's not settling for threes, but he's not going to be the Derrick Rose of of old. And he says now that he listens to his body more often. He's not going to push it. The only problem with that is, you know, he's 27 now on two bad knees. So who knows what his real, you know, playing age is uh, at at this point. True. Um, when he be, when he becomes a free agent, it's going to be really interesting to see what teams offer him. Uh, I think he'll end up staying in Chicago, but he's not a, obviously not a centerpiece anymore. I don't even know if he can be a number two uh, player. I don't think he'll play enough. I don't think he'll play enough games to get there. I think I think he's still maybe a sixty game a season guy. Because anytime his hamstrings flare up, anytime something happens, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna put his hands up and say, "I got to get out of the game." I do like a lot of the times how when he's not playing, he's still wearing the warm-ups as if he's going to play. I don't know something about that. I don't. I, I, I kind of like. I don't, it doesn't really do much for anyone, but maybe, maybe just a visual for me. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, 
So let's 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 shift gears again here. Now, a lot of the stuff that you're 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 posting on Twitter these days has to do with this uh, just train wreck of a campaign for everyone, really, oh, yeah. for the presidency of the United States. So, um, is it me or is every candidate running have a delusional following? I'm not asking you to, uh, you know pick a side here because we don't we don't do politics here except for you know when mike picks trump all the time but uh uh <laughs> is it me or is it seem like everyone's crazy about every candidate or is it just twitter no no i think twitter has made it worse <laughs> uh, twitter and, and facebook like I, I hate facebook but i have to have it because you know i got kids and you know all of our friends have kids and so something big happens in their life i only hear about it through facebook and so I have to keep a Facebook going just for that reason, to keep in touch with friends and family. But my Facebook feed is just full of of uh, political talk, whether – and it's for you. Like you said, it's for every candidate. Yeah. And against, and against every candidate, too. So it's <laughs> like you get both sides. And it's funny because anyone that's in college is always – you know, it, on my feed, at least, seems to be pro-Bernie uh, Sanders. Right. Um, Everyone seems to be anti-Trump except for a few. Uh, you know, everyone hates Hillary, and then most people are like, "Well, Hillary's." You know, it's just, it's crazy. So I think social media just has made it so much worse. They've made people so angry about everything. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't know when everyone got so angry. Uh, I don't know if they're just angry. I, I used to think people were just angry on the internet, but now I think they're taking it to the streets. I mean, yeah. You see it everywhere. People are just angry. Uh, what station do you watch the primaries on whenever whenever they are? I believe you watch it on CNN. Is that correct? I, I watch it on CNN because Wolf Blitzer is hilarious to me um, because he's so excited. And this is like porn for him. Like he's, he's going wild doing these key race alerts. And I just like how they, they have – like 400 people on their, on yeah, their why panel. Why are there so many all, tables? Why so many? All just... I don't know who any of them are. It's not like uh, this guy's a former, you know, he used to run for president or, you know, someone important that you might say, oh, okay, let me hear what he thinks. I don't know who any of these people are, and they're all talking at the same time until Anderson Cooper says, back to you, Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> and then Wolf, Wolf will say, we got a major, major key race alert. And he comes back and he tells you information you already knew. Yeah, because it's in the screen already. <laughs> He's all like, the information you are, and CNN is ready to make a major projection. Oh, we already knew that. It's been on Twitter for about 10 minutes, including the CNN Twitter. CNN already posted it on Twitter. Yeah, that's a, and major, then they uh, that's a major hurdle for a lot of those places with this live TV. Your Twitter is, is moving quicker than your actual feed on television. Oh, oh absolutely. And, on Twitter. Yeah, so they call the race for, like, Donald Trump, and then you go to CNN, and they're still talking about how the race is vital, and, you know, maybe the other candidate can pull it off or whatever, and then they finally call the race. But my favorite reason for following CNN is, or my, my personal reason is, at the end of this all, Wolf walks across the stage, and he goes to John King, who's standing out there with this huge touchscreen. <laughs> and the funny thing is, if you ever notice... When all these people are like at the at their desk talking and talking over each other, in the back you can still see John King with his touchscreen, but you know the light's not on him. He's kind of in the dark, but he's with the touchscreen and he's still touching the screen, looking at numbers and. And I just think it's hilarious because here's a guy with a touchscreen. And that's all he's doing. He's just touching screens. He's like, look what happened in 2008. Look what happened. Look at this just, county just, here. Look at this. This is when we asked these candidates. That's what they said. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me because I'm like, all right, John, this is your job. Go there and touch that screen as much as you can. Hey, some people can do it. Barkley failed miserably the other day. So oh, yes. give John King credit. That's right. um, there is a politician in the race. Obviously, we bring him up. He's Trump and he's Donald Trump. And uh, our, our trusty friend, Mike Francesa, who we, we've talked about, is an enormous backer of Trump. And it's, you know, it's been brought to our attention. There are, it's not just the arrogance or the New York thing. It's, there's a lot of things. And I wrote down some of them here that maybe some people haven't actually even noticed how similar they are. Um, tell me what you think, outside of the arrogance and the New Yorker, being from New York, what the similarities between the two. I, uh, well, 
I know I, it's, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Those are those are big. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think the way they interact with people, um, meaning when Mike is and it's funny when he's doing interviews and he's talking, he's the same Mike as he is on the show. And people that know Mike or you know have interacted with him off camera, off stage, you know, off the show, always say, "Hey, he's a really nice guy, down to earth, whatever." But when that camera is on, or when that microphone is on, he just morphs into this. He morphs into this Mike Francesa character that that he is, where he kind of knows everything and nothing at all, and um, but he knows more about it than you do, and he's and he's and he's done more to earn the right to talk about it. And Trump is exactly the same way. When that camera is on, he knows how to play a crowd. He knows how to play the media. And no matter what question they threw at him, like they would ask him point blank, tell us the policy, right? Tell us the policy you have for, for this thing. And he'll say, well, we're just going to make any, we're going to make America great or whatever his, his taglines are. He'll just say them and he'll come out of it kind of looking like, okay, like, all right. I, he didn't answer the question at all. But he just has this presence about him, and they both do that yeah. um, uh, in kind of these weird ways. Even if they're not saying anything, they just have this demeanor to them. That's one. And the other thing is the way they dismiss people. So if they are being attacked, and obviously Trump is in a political race, so he's always getting attacked. But when they are attacked, they it's just their number one. And they just bring out their resume and they talk about their resume resume and they always say, I don't want to talk about my resume, but I don't since want to spend I was a lot attacked, of time on this, but uh, let's go. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and five and a half hours on it. You know, right. that, that's, what, that's what they do. I wrote down some things here. Let's see here. So I wrote down arrogance, New Yorker, knows everybody, has more money than most, pisses people off, but they can't look away, belittles other people, weird hands. Uh, yeah. creepy yeah. old man, dad. Uh, let's see. Huge crotch or, or supposedly and constantly touching the microphone. Have you noticed Trump is always touching the microphone? Oh, he, just like Francis. He is always adjusting the mic. Oh my gosh. Always. So what I did was I, I wanted to play a little game here before we go. And it's, it's, it's a hashtag. It's a hashtag that, uh, I won't say swept the nation. It, it is it is around people. Every time there's Trump is involved in the news and says something ridiculously arrogant, the, the Trumpers on. So I'm gonna throw some uh, some quotes at you. Trumpers on, and they're a little tough because I have had to condense them not to give away who the actual speaker is. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's okay. Go. So this this one. Okay. Let, 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 um, no hints. Let's just go, Brian. Come on. All right. One of the key problems today is that politics is such a disgrace. Good people don't go, go into the government. Oh, man. I'm going to say Trump. That's number one. All right. Very good. That's that's correct. Oh, that is Donald Trump. I didn't I, really – all I, I said was that's number one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't really answer the they're, both number, they're both number one. Exactly. Right. That, that could be said for every <laughs> single question. Um, so that is Donald Trump. You are correct. So number two. Here we go. I've made so few mistakes compared to other people. Oh, man. <laughs> the funny thing is I'm hearing both of their voices saying it in my head. Um, I'm going to say Trump again. Wrong. Francesa. Ah! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, this this third one, so, so, you're, so you're one for two. That's okay. You're batting 500. This, this one is an actual quote. I swear to God. This is an actual quote. You ready? Number three. I've never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. Oh, I know this one. This one is this is Donald Trump. Oh, you know this one. Okay, you you are correct. I know this one. I know this one because I saw the tweet from I guess it's from a couple of years ago, and I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious because everyone would say you know CC either the Mike Francis in New York guys or <laughs> or my account or Trey's account or something saying hey. You know, check out this tweet from a couple years ago. So I know that one to be Trump because I've seen that one before. Oh, okay. The guy knows his stuff. All right. Okay, number four. I've gotten criticized worse than any ten people. Criticized more than any ten people. Come on, we need an answer. Oh, 
jeez. Can I can I can I get a different audio, Brian? I mean, can't give you an audio. Um, I'm totally gonna give it away, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can I? Can that be Francesa? That is that is correct. Wow! It's such an odd. When did he say that? Too. Uh, I think yeah. it's, I think it's in the Richard Deitch interview with Sports Illustrated. It's such an odd quote. I've gotten criticized worse than any any ten people. Who talks like that? <laughs> He's talking in multiples because yeah. you know it's not very, just one guy. Very odd. Uh, and the last one here: anyone who thinks my story is anywhere near over is sadly mistaken. That's Mike Francesa. That is Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> Dang it! See, I right. told you they were tough, man. Because I, I, because I, some of them lead into like you know, uh, I've gotten criticized worse than any ten people, and uh, you know, and uh, listen, when Dog and I were here, so I mean, after that, yeah, I, right. I had to. So, Ordio Mongo, thank you for coming on. Before you leave, I, I have, I have questions for you, man. You are a sports media guest, so you're gonna get the three questions to play us out. You ready? All right, let's go. Okay, so, did you meet Mike at Francesicon? Just past Francis O'Connor yes. or last Francis right, Either one. Have you met did, Mike? I have. I did, met him at uh, Francis O'Connor 2. Did you introduce yourself as Ordeo? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was surrounded by a ton of people um, when, I, when I met him. He kind of looked at me and he was like, all right, smile, kid. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks. I, I smiled. They took the picture. That was my meeting Mike. Um, do the Warriors break the 96 Bulls win record? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to uh, – how many games <laughs> do I got left? I don't um, know off the top of oh, – let's see. I'd have to move here. Uh, am I allowed to know their current record? Their record right now is 60-6 and six with the Knicks to play tonight. Oh, my God. So let's just say 61-6. Um, and six. Um, yes, they're, they're going to break that record. Okay. And last question. Um, have you ever called Mike Francesa? No, I have not. I have never called the show. I wanted to one time when I was younger, uh, I think like 11 or 12, go figure to talk about the bulls. I wanted to call Mike of the mad dog and I called and it was a busy signal. I called again. And I just couldn't get through, and that was the only time in my life that I ever intended. Oh my God, you're not very persistent when it comes to calling WFAN. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, no I, I tried a few times. It was always a busy signal, and I was like, whatever. I'm not yeah, going to hell with it. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he is Ordeo Mongo, and obviously you can follow him on Twitter, and you probably do at Ordeo Mongo. Thank you for coming on the Red Ticket Blues podcast, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. So that was Ordeo Manga. I really do appreciate him coming on the podcast because, uh, you know, obviously he's a very interesting guy. And it was great hearing his insight into all of this this world that is Twitter and Mongo Nation. So definitely appreciate that. Remember, you can always listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube. And follow me on Twitter at BrianBuff13 and at Red Ticket Blues. Like the show on Facebook. And remember to subscribe on any of those podcasting venues. And if you haven't, leave a review. Don't get too loaded today. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm out of here.